Welcome to the story of Joe Labor's radio journey. A behind-the-scenes look at the start till now. A cup of Joe behind the mic starts in three, two, one. Here's radio personality, Joe Labor. Thanks, Conchita Congo. Conchita, a very good friend of mine from Las Vegas. She's a highly sought-after professional voice actress, narrator, and copywriter. And a huge thanks to my good friend and a top-notch professional producer voice talent, John Flood, also known as Audio Flood out in California, for his magic touch on the open, which you just heard. And uh, you'll hear the close to my podcast uh, later. Well, welcome to episode one. We'll just call this uh, the beginning. (laughs) It'll start off like this. I was born in 1971. I'm just kidding. But I was born in 1971 in the not-so-big city of Troy, Ohio, home of the world-famous Troy Strawberry Festival. Um, Well, I was always a hyper kid (laughs) and full of big ideas. And as early as 10, I opened up a candy store in my parents' house. Yes, making all my family members and friends that stopped by uh, the house to buy candy. So I I made them visit frequently. Uh, More sales, right? In, In high school, I opened up a baseball card shop in downtown Troy with several friends. And throughout my life, well, I would seek many, many, many other entrepreneurial opportunities, such as an ice cream caboose. Yes, an ice cream shop in a red caboose. That was a ton of fun. Uh, A record store, uh, mobile DJ service, ice cream trucks, uh, an online T-shirt website, and, well, so many more, but that's just a few. (laughs) I was always interested in technology. Of course, at the time, it was radio and TV. And as technology progressed, computers and the Internet, uh, my dad and I always went to the best electronic retailers in the big city. That's the Dayton area. And our family always had the latest and greatest TV and stereo system. Um, I was one of the first kids in my school to have a color TV in my room, and later would come cable. (laughs) I was also the first teenager to have a mobile phone. Yes, remember the bag phone from Motorola? I had to go to the big city of Dayton to purchase this for, I think, maybe $1,200. I can't remember. Um, Sign a two-year contract, and at the time, it was with Ameritech, uh, now known as AT&T. I did always work hard for my spending money. I started working at uh, age 13, picking corn at Fulton Farms during the summers. At high school, I became a cook at Empire, later named Traditions. I highly suggest that everybody work in the food industry at least once. (laughs) Uh, I did that for a long time, in fact, all the way through high school and into college. Uh, Growing up, I always had a love for radio and TV. My mom and I would uh, always listen to her old 45s and uh, dance. We had dance parties. That was a ton of fun. Uh, We loved listening to country hits on uh, our local radio stations, K99.1 FM and 105.9 The Rebel. Uh, In the old classic Buick Regal... (laughs) which had baby blue plush seats. Now, after all, it was the limited edition. 
I love listening to the Reds on the big one, 700 WLW with Marty and Joe. In the 80s, WGN was offered as a cable channel in our area. Now that would change my world. I was introduced to the Chicago Cubs, the magnificent Wrigley Field, and more importantly, the zany announcers, Harry Carey and Steve Stone. I would listen to them like they had the winning lotto numbers. I never missed a game. I would often turn them down and act as their color commentator. (laughs) I would record into a mini mic that was hitched to my realistic portable tape player from Radio Shack. That was my first recording device and my first real mic. My love for the Cubs grew so much that my mom and dad took myself along with my sister to Wrigley Field for a game. I was in heaven. Uh, Thanks to my cousin, Randy Roeder, we were able to get set in the VIP section of Wrigley Field and see the game from the broadcaster's and sports writer's point of view. At the time, my cousin Randy was a trainer for one of the Cubs farm teams, and uh, we took full advantage of that. As a family, we spent many summers watching the Cubbies at Wrigley Field. We even were bleacher bums on several of those trips. We were probably most likely the only sober fans in the bleachers at the time. One of those visits to Wrigley, and totally by chance, I literally ran into Harry Carey. (laughs) It was right before the game. He was walking in the public corridor, and I literally ran into him. Of course, I was starstruck. The bigger-than-life Harry Carey was right in front of me. (laughs) Oh, I, I, I took a breath, gained a little composure, and graciously asked him for his autograph at a picture. Of course, he smiled and gladly obliged. I happened to have my Cub Vine magazine with me. He signed his full-page This Bud's For You ad, and I knew right then and there that I wanted to be the next Harry Carey. I graduated from Troy High School in 1990, and I knew right away I wanted to go to college for broadcasting. Uh, Since I'm a hands-on learner and not really a book learner, I decided to enroll in the International College of Broadcasting in Dayton. Like any good mom would do, uh, she did some research on the college and the broadcast industry. She picked up the phone and called broadcast legend Steve Baker from WHIO-TV. He's their Northern Bureau chief. He immediately told her, no, don't let him do it. And then, then he laughed. He told her that radio and TV offer very long hours and even lower pay and benefits. He did say that if I really wanted to pursue radio, that I should go for it. 27 years later, I'm still doing it. Oh, and by the way, so is Steve Baker. Uh, To this day, neither of us ever have forgotten that phone call from my awesome mom. My dad, on the other hand, had a really good job at the Hobart Corp factory in Troy. Hobart was famous and still is famous for their commercial-grade mixers, dishwashers, and scales. He received good pay, work hours, and benefits, something that is uh, pretty much non-existent in the small to medium market radio uh, field. (laughs) He highly suggested that I take that route. I told him that my passion was creating and entertaining people from behind a mic. I mean, after all, growing up, if there was a mic, I wanted to be behind it. 
From church plays to school activities, you name it, I was born to be behind the mic. So my mom and I drove to ICB to enroll. Exciting day. My first question to the new owner at the time, Mick LeMaster, was, can I use the equipment on day one? I wanted to get my hands on the knobs. He said, yes, I was sold right then and there. We took a tour of the college, including all of their radio studios. I saw control boards with the big turn knobs, turntables, reel-to-reel units, cart machines, and, of course, carts, reels, and records. But, of course, I was mainly focused on the microphones in each studio. (laughs) They were attached to swing arms. Before that, I had never even been in a real radio station or broadcast booth. I really loved the idea of a mic being attached to a swing arm. I immediately got behind the board and swung the mic in front of my face and began calling a Cubs game, just like Harry Carey. My mom and Mick both chuckled. Okay, well, they really burst out laughing. I knew at that point I was home. My first semester radio teacher was the legendary Tommy Collins, After my first semester, he would leave to go on the road full-time with a fun and talented group called Shaboom. Uh, Then now, of course, back at ICB, he is the radio instructor. The final three semesters of radio at ICB was taught by the very talented and radio-savvy Tim Collier. My first day as a student at ICB would change my broadcast path from baseball sportscaster to radio DJ. Yes, they taught us how to queue up a 45 RPM record for radio play. Turn the record pot down on the board to the queue position. Turn up your queue speaker to the desired level, the loudest, the better for me. Start the turntable. Bring the arm over to the start of the song and put the needle on the record. When you hear the song start, stop the turntable. Then back the turntable up about a half or three-quarter turn. Take your pot out of cue on the board, turn up your pot to the desired level, and hit play. All of this was very fascinating to me, queuing up a 45 record for airplay on radio. Although it wasn't until I put my headphones on, potted up the mic, and started the turntable and did my first real radio intro over the music, did I realize my true passion. I think I even hit the post. I'm not sure. Now, hitting the post in radio is using the instrumental of the song to talk and shutting up right before the singing starts. That's the important part. Hearing my voice over that record in the headphones was life-changing. It was like 15 seconds that just, I was in like awe. I knew right then and there that I wanted to be a DJ and spin records on the radio. Gone were the days of the old realistic tape recorder doing color for the Cubs. I was meant to entertain between the songs. Next week, I'll dive into my time at ICB and my first radio gig. Until then, thanks so much for spending time with me. Have an awesome week. And remember, live, love, laugh. Joe Labor has been entertaining radio audiences since 1990. And he continues to do so. 
with a cup of Joe Media. He brews fresh content for radio, TV, video, and social. From copywriting, voicing and producing commercials, imaging, voice tracks, and promos. Learn how. A Cup of Joe Media can brew something fresh for you at acupofjoemedia.com.